right. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk NFT. As you know, I'm your host, Brian, and I have my amazing co-host here, Joe. We have a really special guest here for you today. Tom at Churchhouse, who's the co-founder of Digitally. It's a free content encyclopedia. It's written and maintained by the NFT community, and we're really excited to have him on and learn all about it. Tama, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys, for having me. So kind of jump right into it. I, I really want to hear about uh, Cumberland Labs and Digitally, but just let's talk a little bit about like your cur- current uh, sentiment around like NFTs and the mainstream media and would love to just hear what you have to say about NFTs overall. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, look, I think um, look, for anyone who's relying on mainstream media as the basis of their opinion for anything, um, let alone NFTs, then, uh, you know, my condolences. Um, but you know, if you are one of those unfortunate souls, um, who relies on the Washington post or New York times for your opinion on NFTs, then yeah, you're going to find it's, it's pretty grim. I mean, like I've been in this space since 2012, 2016 full time. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's absolutely grim. I mean, this is, you know, this is a really, really grim market. Um, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the, you know, the Atlantic headlines, like, uh, remember NFTs, uh, are NFTs really dead and buried? All signs point to yet. Um, there was a piece in the Guardian the other day. What were NFTs, past tense? An understandable internet fad, which, uh, you know, I thought was um, incredibly condescending. And then, oh, Yahoo was a good one. Uptober in crypto, Floptober in nfts i mean like it's it's absolutely you know it's it's absolutely dire it's it's the depths of really the first nft like proper nft bear market right this is the first one um i don't really count crypto kitties that flash in the pan i mean this is a like you know it's grim um yeah that's just, just as straightforward as i can say it are you do you are you a big NFT collector? You've been in the space since 2012, so I'm sure you've lived through your fair share of crypto bear markets, but collecting in any NFTs or have your eyes on any projects? Um crypto cuddies are dabbled around in. Um, you know, I own a few NFTs, but I don't typically, you know, I, I don't kind of I'm not a loud and proud NFT holder. Um <laughs> most people probably aren't. Um, you know, I appreciate them as like i've always kind of found them just to be a, a fascinating primitive right i I've, i see like that there's just an incredible range of application and promise um which look so far is unfulfilled that that promise but uh you know we we're getting there but it's um yeah it's a grim market um but yeah i mean i i own nfts i have no intention to be selling them uh, at any time um yeah Simple as that, really. Wow. How, how did you get inspired for, you know, the repository that you've created, uh, kind, of, well, kind of started that initiative? Well, I think one of the issues with NFTs is, and, and this is kind of particularly for newcomers coming into the space, right? It's really hard to genuinely understand the background, utility, functionality, and it's particularly kind of the, the legal and commercial ownership rights associated with an NFT collection, right? If you're gonna, if you come in fresh, you're NFT curious, and you start Googling, right? Number one, you're gonna find kind of crypto media, which is obviously very much subjective. 
Um, you know, it's either extremely bullish or extremely bearish. Um, you know, so your sources of information are you know not overwhelmingly reliable. They're very disparate. You've got to go trawling through Twitter or Discord to really kind of get the sense of you know what actually is this NFT? Like, what do I even own if I buy it? Um, so you know, our view was: look, we want to build something where it's just you know, really a, a Web3 wiki for NFT collections. That's kind of step one, right? So if you're, you're going to a page, uh, whether it's Moonbirds or Pudgies or whatever it is, you have kind of an objective fact-based resource of information that's completely referenced. Um, it's transparent. It's clear. So you can get 80%, 90% of the story of a collection on, on a single page. I mean, it's not a groundbreaking idea by any means, but I don't think we're going to have a big, you know, influx of people in, in, you know, into the space in kind of, you know, when it starts to take off without some way for people to be able to actually have a look at where they're deploying cash. You know, it just... It doesn't exist at the moment. Um, Wikipedia doesn't cover it. Um, and so kind of that was really our, 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 we couldn't find it. So we were like, okay, well, you know, this is something we think we need. And I definitely know people who are, you know, NFT curious who want to come into the space. They're like, they're just going to give up because it's just too, it's too, too hard to even begin the, do your own research, you know, component. So tell us a little bit about about the project digitally. It's uh, I know it's connected with Cumberland Labs. How's that connected? And tell us a little bit about the project. Yeah, so I mean, I'll back up um, a, a little bit. So I'm COO of, of Cumberland Labs. So we're kind of an early stage blockchain uh, blockchain incubator. Um, we're kind of we're, we're global. Um, you know, Chicago, London, Singapore, and India. Um, we're a team around thirty five, you know, predominantly developers, engineers. Um, but we have kind of a, a 360 team. Um, we work very closely and are kind of backed by uh, Cumberland, which is kind of the kind of really the, the largest liquidity provider, you know, trading desk in the crypto space, uh, and the parent DRW, which is a kind of a large proprietary trading shop. So, you know, Cumberland Labs, you know, we you know conceive of, build, and deploy ideas and products. Right? I mean, that's kind of what we do. NFTs. This one was a little bit outside of you know what we typically do. Um, you know, really, we, we we typically tend to focus on you know a lot more kind of financial based products, trading based products, um, infrastructure. Um, but this was just something that you know it emerged uh, just as a fundamental need that we all had and saw in the market, and that was really kind of where kind of digital you know how digitally emerged. Um, and so this is kind of really, you know, we're just really coming in market now. We're really, you know, we've done a lot of bunch of, you know, of, um, you know, sorry, you know, Google ad testing in terms of, you know, are people interested in this kind of content? And I can kind of share, you know, some of the, the stats on that kind of stuff later. And it's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, th this is kind of where we're at now. And I guess, you know, October really is just the, the month, which is, you know, it's probably one of it's probably the worst month. You know, to be doing anything in the NFTs, um, but you're yeah, like we're, we're in it for the for the long haul, and we think this this resource needs to be here. So, you know, that's where we're at. Yeah, I, I had a question pop up today actually that pertains to uh, gladly um, you coming on board and with the 
you know, emergence of AI and whatnot, uh, a question that was um, brought up was, you know, how do we authenticate or, or know if NFT authorship, um, how can we prove that what was written is actually by a human? Uh, I'm not sure if you could just touch on that. I know you're not an AI expert, but, you know, it was just a question that I thought was intriguing. Okay, well, so we'll end up, okay, this will unpack a box because when I, when I said, like, <laughs> this, is v, v, this is V1. So V1 is really very much a, a Wikipedia type thing, right? So, um, you know, a contributor can simply literally put in their email address and a, you know, any ETH public address they want. It's just we need something to be able to, you know, essentially ultimately airdrop something. Um, you know, they can open up the editor, add some content, a reference, um, and it gets submitted in, you know, to our content review team, right? So naturally everyone's going to go, oh, well, that's just completely subjective. And, you know, how do you know, you know, what, you know, what, you know, crosses the bar and what doesn't, what's, you know, t- what's hyperbole and what's not. So, you know, it can be very messy. But, you know, to begin with, we're like, like, at the end of the day, the content, the quality, the references will speak for themselves. Now, we have used AI as well um, because what we you know, ultimately, and this is kind of a, a longer term roadmap, right? Which is, you know, when you look at information, large language models, um, you know, where you know that space is going and the speed at which it's going. Um, there's two observations we have, and we've got two guys um, who are kind of AI guys on the team out of New York. Um, there's two things. Number one, um, you know, we are well away from you being able to just simply go into ChatGPT and get the kind of objective data that you get from a digitally. Like it's just we're still a long, long way away from that. But ultimately, you know, where we want to get to is you know, if you think of, uh, I'm taking a, an example, let's, you know, imagine um, a Wikipedia page, or in this case, a digitally page, right, where you've got, uh, and, and the presentation is very much similar. Um, you've got, you know, the story, the background, the founders, the launch, functionality, you know, what is the actual IP ownership? Like, what are the, you know, is it CCO? Do you actually have any of the IP? Do you have a, a license that could just be revoked at any time, right? That's a whole other separate question. Um, and you think of that that page as essentially, it's essentially a chain, and it's kind of a, a source of truth. It's a historical source of truth, which is referenced from a whole bunch of external um, you know, factors. Now, where we're thinking about hey, going is you know, the AI agents that we've chained for each particular collection. Right. They will scour a wide repository of um, information periodically. Um, you know that can, will include you know all of the social media specific to that collection, as well as you know a pretty extensive list of um, you know of you know traditional NFT blog media. And what that agent what that agent will do is it will effectively periodically create a block. And that block will just be a block of text. It'll be, um, you know, for example, um, you know, on October XYZ, September XYZ, Pudgy Penguins um, announced the launch of sales of its toys in 2,000 Walmart stores, right? whatever it is. It's, you know, it's an objective 
you know, bit of content with a reference. That block is sent by the AI agent to miners who are effectively verifiers. And it's just a pool of individuals who they receive a block, they read it, very simple, yes for inclusion in the block or no. And if it's no, just why, check mark why. It's objective, is it, you know, is something wrong with it? Um, and that's it. So the block comes to you, you see yes, no. Um, and if you have a pool of these miners and they're effectively human validators, um, and it's very, very, very easy, right? And we're not expecting a massive volume of this. Um, what you're doing is two things. Number one is you're training the AI ultimately to be more and more objective, more and more fact-based, reasoned, because at the end of the day, everything we're dealing with, there is an element of subjectivity, right? That just is you know, from the words you choose. So we're trying to apply a, you know, a relatively blockchain native you know, consensus protocol on the creation of, you know, English words, right? And so, you know, that block of that that block of text goes through a you know consensus threshold and it gets validated and it just gets added to the page, right? And so that becomes this kind of collective source of truth. Everything is on chain, everything is referenced, everything is ultimately on permanent storage. Um, and you know, the LLM is completely transparent. The mining and the consensus protocol is completely transparent. Um, there are ways that you can, you know, you can ensure that it, it is a, you know, it is a human who is doing the validation instead of an AI. Um, so, you know, ultimately, and you know, there's even a, you know, a bigger vision. To it, like, is that how we could potentially create, you know, a much larger media organization? Right? Is that right. you know? Sure. Because everyone is just sick and tired of the you know the, the media we get at the moment. So you know that, that's a very long-winded question, but um, you know we you know that is how we think about kind of the fusion of AI and blockchain as it pertains to the creation, curation, and you know constant updating of what we would call kind of encyclopedic truth. On something and it be, extends well beyond nfts it extends to really anything um so yeah there's a long winded answer i apologize for that but it's a as i said it's a, it's a lot to unpack let's dive into the platform a little bit tell me about you know unique features about the platform and why you want it to, why you believe it's going to be the go-to um spot for you know nft information yeah, so I, I think like, what we've tried to do is, you know, create, like, this is just content to begin with, right? This is just, um, like I said, it's what we're looking to do is create a, you know, just an easy way for you to have at least, you know, two things. One is kind of comprehensive, objective information on a page, regardless of, you know, whatever collection it is. Um, the second thing we're really kind of zeroing in and what we really want to emphasize is um you know our belief is that you know when it comes to nfts there is this massive misconception um you know not only in the you know the, the nft world and, and actually the broader crypto world but certainly um in kind of the non-crypto world of mm -hmm. what it is you actually own when you own an nft right it's just um it is phenomenally unclear on many of the collections what it is you own 
right? Most of the time, you don't own the IP. You have some kind of license. That license has all kinds of restrictions. It can be changed at any time. It can be revoked. Um, and a lot of the time, it's just not even written in, like it hasn't been written by a lawyer. It's just kind of someone has just put a few, you know, words of text on their, you know, their collection homepage and it does and it's meaningless um you know that to me is a huge issue right because you know when you're dealing with you know assets that you know potentially worth you know hundreds thousands tens of thousands of dollars and in particular when you're looking at kind of the next phase of you know where we think at least nfts will go which is kind of far more kind of commercial real world tie-ups branding and like real kind of real kind of brands um those licenses will have the capacity to be worth quite a lot right um and if you are if you have a team you know you can have just this very different thing where you have you know a founding team creative team who sits and owns the ip you've got a vast community of people who really build the brand you know, they have, uh, you know, an NFT with some kind of license and there's, there's some hope that the, the value of those NFTs will rise. Um, but, you know, a Disney comes in and says, okay, we, we want to buy the IP. You know, the founding team could be like, yeah, great, fantastic. You know, Disney buy it. Disney would do anything with the license that, you know, the NFT guys, um, you know, the people, the holders of the NFTs have. Um, it's not automatically it's going to be, you know, the, the, you know, it'll go up in value. Yeah, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But, the, you know, I, I would love to see a much tighter link between, um, you know, the collect, you know, the IP and the kind of the holders of the NFTs. Um, it is a complicated issue, and I, you know, I would love to see NFTs as securities. I think the best NFTs will actually be securities. Like that means profit share, royalties, dividends, right? Like I would love to see us in a position where, you know, if you are building a helping build a brand from the, from the ground up, that you have actual ownership in it, right? Like and not kind of crypto ownership, but actual, right. you know, security like ownership. So, you know, that, you know, section that we're really working on building, which is kind of what is the, the, the ownership rights associated with this NFT, that's a kind of a big one and that's a big differentiator because it's just very difficult for anyone to compare one versus the other. Um, so that's, you know, certainly I think something that, that you know, we want to um, keep building out, um, you know, across the collections. Um, and, you know, we, and we, we, you know, we obviously have people contributing content obviously a very mixed bag um but you know as a startup the first thing we must see is like look is there some kind of product market fit for what we're providing right is this actually um and the metrics we get in terms of kind of people coming in through the site the click-through rates on you know some of the google ads we run um you know are, are really impressive i mean i can i can kind of share some of that with you but um anyway i'll, I'll leave it there yeah, that was gonna. That's a good lead into the question I was gonna ask, anyways. You being out for a little bit now, um, has your vision changed due to community feedback and what the feedback has been, and and many you know difference in views in that. So yeah, that's a good segue there. Yeah, so um, you know when we first put it out, we actually had um, 
you know, if you wanted to contribute content, you had to connect with MetaMask. Um, and yeah, you know, again, you are not actually, you know, you're not making any kind of on-chain transaction, but you sure. were just making a signature, right? Yeah, that already is too too high a bar. <laughs> like it's just, you know, nobody wants a like, you know, even people who would, um, you know, connect MetaMask. It's like it's so clunky, it's slow, it's just so much friction. Um, and some people are like, listen, you don't need this yet. Like when you get to, you know, at least the, the, the early people we talked to, um, you know, and, and, you know, explaining some of the, the vision in terms of what I was talking about earlier with, with the AI blocks, the validators, et cetera. When you get to that point, yes, absolutely. But at this point, really, it was just about removing as much friction as possible and allowing people to, you know, add content very, very easily, um, you know, you know, without having, you know, just removing friction. Like that was really the, the, the first thing. So we, you know, just recently um, said, okay, look, got to put, you know, let's get rid of the connect with MetaMask because it's too much friction. Let's make it easier. Um, you know, that was number one. This, you know, the second bit of feedback was, uh, was this massive demand for like, again, we talked about earlier in terms of like the real legal ownership rights, the licenses associated with each NFT collection. Um, and that's complicated because like some collections are fantastic at really providing um, both in legal speak and plain English, you know, what you actually own. Um, you know, Azuki is a good you know, example of that. Others have literally nothing or they have words that actually don't mean anything. They're not actually like, you know, you know, we've got our own in-house counsel who read that and go, well, look, that's just, that's just garbage. It's not even, <laughs> it, it looks legal, but it's just, it doesn't, right. it doesn't mean anything. Um, and so kind of getting to the bottom of that is, is, you know, you know, definitely be a, you know, one of the bigger bits of feedback we've got. Um, but yeah, th- those are really the, the main two. So with the platform being open source and anybody in the community can contribute, Tell me a little bit about how you prevent like inaccurate information. Um, I know like it feels like it's like a Wikipedia for NFTs. And I know Wikipedia has thousands, millions of people kind of fact checking at all times. How, how do you, how do you handle that? Yeah. So we're far from the scale of, of Wikipedia, which is, you know, again, a good thing. Um, so at this, at this stage, and again, you know, it's, it's a pretty classic rule. You, we're doing things that don't really scale. Right. So this is all manual. So, you know, when something comes in, it goes through, you know, kind of a multi-step process, right? Number one, like, is this just spam or like, is this, is this even a, you know, real content? Like, does it come with a mm-hmm. reference, right? Um, is that reference kind of a valid link? Um, is it a, you know, because you know, Google actually will not let you put um, you know, certain URLs on your page, it'll flag, right? So certain associated scam websites, right? So, okay, got to check that. Um, is the content, you know, objective? So we run it through kind of just really our, the, the, the primary thing is that, you know, the AI measure, which says, okay, is this, and we do, it. you know, you can eyeball it as well. It's like, is this hyperbole, exaggeration, unnecessary words? Is it hypey, scammy? Is it FUD? Is it, or is it just a simple statement um, with a solid reference? Um, and it goes through three people uh, and all independently. So they kind of triangulate. Um, 
And if they have that kind of consensus, then it goes kind of to the next stage, um, which is kind of gets to uh, the guy who sits behind me. Usually, if he has any questions, he'll come to me um, or the head of Cumberland Labs, and then we'll, we'll go. And it sounds a lot, but it's actually a, a relatively straightforward process because people either take it seriously or they don't. Right? People either mm-hmm. actually are genuine in, in their intent or they're not. And you can tell them very, very quickly. Um, so that, that's you know that's not a particularly difficult thing at the moment. Um, but that's kind of how it how it works. And then you know we don't have a token yet. Um, ultimately, we want to, but you know we're still you know you know one of the biggest criticisms I've always had in the crypto space is people just launching a token straight out the gate um, without much thought. Um, and that that's certainly not something we want to do. So we are just um, at this stage, just allocating reward points. And basically that's reward points are just calculated um, by, look, if you submit 100 words um, and 80 of them end up on the page, um, you know, you have a quality score, which is 80 divided by 100, that's 0.8. And then the reward, point, reward points is just 80 words approved times the quality score, which will give you 60 something. So the incentive is obviously to provide content, but to provide accurate content right um so those two metrics are are really good and that's hopefully how we're going to find the ultimate miners and validators for kind of the much longer term vision for what we have um but this is kind of again we're really day zero at the moment yeah i really like the layout of digitally to your point many people don't even know what to ask right it's like a big shift for them and seeing that information laid out simplistically here in terms of functionality and to your point, legality is one of them that's not on here yet. Um, is, you know, people asking, they don't know what they don't know. And coming here, I, I think a lot of people will feel a little bit safer having uh, the information kind of fed it in some way um, and seeing that at an essential repository. So uh, just kudos to that because um, to your point, I haven't seen that yet in the market. Yeah, like it's not sexy. I'll, I'll give you that. This is not like, um, at least now, it's not. I think like a, with you know the longer term vision is is you know uh, you know a fusion of AI and and crypto to create you know objective information. I think that's definitely something that in the longer term, which is super interesting. But for for, for now, and it was interesting. I was on um, on a call with the founder of kind of he's a you know, probably a top ten, top fifteen project. Um, last week and the point i was made to him and i did a screen share um and i said okay i'll give you an example so pull up google google the name of his project hit on news and i just w- walk through i'm like so this is this is the content being provided for your collection and it was 95 percent opinionated negative like and i said look there are reasons for that let's be honest and i said like there are reasons for that but and i pulled up you know the digitally page i said look okay well look the negative stuff they're talking about it's here you can see it but you see how it's in the context of just a much broader (laughs) objective story like that's actually what news used to be right that that's like it was context nuance like objectivity um like i'm like this is what we're doing um and it, yeah, it was quite funny just to kind of be able to show him like this is precisely the antidote to what we're doing because anyone who go, you know who who's, who's in, who comes into the space today and Google's you, 
they ain't going to touch you. They're going to get that first impression mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, it's not particularly sexy, but I think it's necessary. Definitely necessary. I mean, I'm in San Francisco and there's a lot of subjective authors here. You can tell by just the tone of the article. Yeah. And to your point, it's not even NFT and it's all negative in San Francisco. But I've, I was born and raised here and a lot of things that they're pointing to is not true. And to your point, that's kind of how news runs today. Whatever bleeds, leads, right? It's not really objective. It's more, you know, um, attention grab because people attention spans are what, you know, three seconds nowadays with reels and TikTok and whatnot. So yeah, absolutely. Just echoing your statement there. Yeah, I mean, I think that like one thing I would say is, um, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And I, 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 I completely agree with that. But I also agree with the fact that, look, most NFT collections are going to go to zero and be worthless, right? And it was if you've been in this space long enough, you know that that's what happens, right? If you look at the 2017 ICO boom, right? By mm-hmm. 2019, most of them have gone to zero. Like, and what do you expect? Because the marginal cost of producing either a new protocol when you everything's open source, you just copy paste, or to release an NFT collection, like it's practically zero. I mean, there's no like it, it's a digital. It's just some keystrokes really to create a, mm-hmm. a collection, mm-hmm. right? So the marginal cost of production is practically zero. You had a frenzy of trading demand and money came in, and the market responds how it responds by dumping in supply, right? It didn't, it didn't necessarily dump in mm-hmm. quality, it just dumped in supply, right? <laughs> That's what happened. So when, it, when you, know, you see all these articles saying, oh, 90% of NFTs are worth, it's like 95% of NFTs are worth, I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, because, the, because they, didn't, they didn't cost anything. They were worthless to begin with. Um, but that, again, that misses the broader point. Um, and it's the same cycle that happens again and again in crypto, right? Um, you get massive booms, massive busts, and when you've got a, a zero marginal cost of production of an asset, a lot of it's worthless. I mean, like, yeah, that's just, you know, that's what happens. But it's what emerges from it, right? And there are things emerging from it. And that's like people who are actually a little bit open-minded, a little bit intellectually curious, you will find there's some really interesting stuff happening in the space. So yeah, that would, you know, that's, I'll get up my soapbox. But <laughs> no, well said. I mean, it's interesting because there's more and more projects coming every day. And it's almost like, since there's no gatekeepers, like the art world, you know, galleries were almost the gatekeeper to, if they were going to allow you in to show mm. your work. But with NFTs now, it's, anybody could really make anything they want and they could release it on the market. So the, the overall market, is the gatekeeper. What do we find valuable? What we don't find valuable and what we like. So it's really, it's, that's a really interesting uh, statement. Um, just going back to the platform, what type of projects uh, are you featuring on the platform? I, I guess styles. Yeah, so is it art, with, PFPs? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, to begin with, it's, it's PFPs, right? That's kind of the first, you know, that's the, because when we look at the market, that's, I, I think, what dominates most of the conversation has dominated most of the conversation um you know artists themselves will, will certainly come later as will kind of more of the kind of commercial brands and tie-ups you know you, you mentioned the auction houses the gate you know as the gatekeepers i mean you know christie's just brought keith herring um to market his first digital um art you know sotheby's have just uh, you know done some tie-up with ledger um 
you know, so for you know, high-end digital art, they'll get to give you a kind of a branded lender. Now, like, this, there's still actually, the space is still progressing, like, so much more than, like, than people really think, right? The, the reality is that the mainstream, like I said, they see Aston Kutcher, you know, settled, right? Steph Curry, he's taken down his ape, you know, from Twitter, right? It's back to a normal photo. You know, um, what's to say, Jimmy Sal Fallon, he ain't shilling anything on late night TV anymore, right? <laughs> that, that's fine. But, you know, if you look below the hood, you see, you know, you know, Doodles and Crocs did a collaboration. Uh, v Friends and Reeboks did a collaboration recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Styles did something with NFT ticketing and you know, fan experiences as well. Um, you know, Bieber was trying to launch, you know, put one of his songs uh, into an NFT, which we, you know, will basically, uh, you know, pay royalties. You know, Pudgies, Pudgies, we've mentioned. Um, PayPal have filed an application for an NFT mm-hmm. trading and transfer. Yes. Right. So there's a lot going on, but like, yeah, nobody, like, again, people have already kind of made up their mind. They're gem- generalized, and it's the same, and that's the opportunity, right? So. Um, again, I'm get I get off my soapbox again. <laughs> <laughs> now, I uh, where you are over in um, the more the eastern part of the world, I've seen a ton of movement, big big brands, big gaming publishers. Just three in the last week that I've seen make main um, mainstream statements. You know, they're not shying away from the term NFTs. Uh, PUBG, which is a crafting company built around blockchain mm-hmm. to promote their NFT game called Over Dare. Uh, we know Zenga came in, and then we now we know um, Konami's coming in. Like it doesn't seem like Asia is shying away, uh, and they're kind of really making a push uh, to integrate this, you know, breakthrough technology. So, um, is that why you're over there in uh, in Singapore? Are well, things moving the, a lot faster? Uh, I do. I mean, yeah, the, the, I mean, the energy is massive, um, and you know, you mentioned the gaming space. Yeah, we haven't even touched on that. I mean, I I yeah. spent probably about two years uh, in my former job um, in venture capital, and I really focused on gaming. Uh, blockchain gaming and this was back in 2018 19 um and like everything in crypto it's taken forever to um to kind of you know to really get to the mainstream. i thought it'd be faster um but you know I, I you know i've got some some just brutal misses like like every vc right you always you know you remember the ones that you missed right and i've still got the the no thanks i don't want to invest that i sent to nicholas julia at so rare when he was raising at a $7 million valuation, um, wow. you know, same with sandbox at 20 million. I'm like, Oh, oh. so, <laughs> um, yeah, I spent a lot of time in that space. I spent a lot of time in the, in the gaming space. And I think, you know, and, and there's a ex rock rock star guy who, um, has just done something as well. Like it was that the Zynga thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's, you know, that's a space ripe as well. And it falls under NFTs, but, everyone tries to kind of bunch them into kind of one single thing, um, which they're not. Yeah, I guess my last question for you today is just overall, how's digitally planned to stay relevant um, as the NFT market continues to evolve? Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, this is the problem with building in a bear market, right? Everyone always says, you know, or, or you, you hear a lot, oh, best time to build in a bear market. And that's typically from VCs, A, because they get to invest cheap um, and B is it's a lot easier to get a hundred X's, you know, out of a bear market than a bull market. Right. Um, building a market bear market is hard, um, you know, and you know, a lot of 
you know, excessive digitally, we will, we'll, you know, is, is there demand? Is there going to be a demand for people who actually want this kind of information, right? Um, because, you know, we track search volumes, right? I mean, so the search volumes of anything related to NFTs have just collapsed, right? So if we use that as a, um, a you know, analog for kind of overall demand, right? People are not searching for NFTs. Right, there's just, like there's, people aren't searching for board apes or whatever. They're just not. Um, but what we find quite interesting is, that, so we've you know for each collection page, um, you know we've done some kind of Google ads, right? So you know if you search for you know depending on where you are, if you search for a collection, we'll do a sponsored ad and say you know mm. Web three Wiki or Encyclopedia for this particular collection. Um, and, you know, by, depending on how much you guys know about, you know, click-through rates and Google ads and whatnot, like on average, the click-through rates we get are double digit, right? Mm. So, um, mm. you know, and up to 25, 30% uh, for some of the collections, right? Which is huge, right? So, right. you know, so that's saying like 30% of the people who see the ad uh, in this, you know, Google search, click on it, which is super high. Um, and then coupled with that, you know, we look at things like obviously bounce rate, time on site, page views, um, and we see them coming up, like just slowly, steadily mm-hmm. coming up. But the, the core fundamental of, okay, that rev- relevance, i.e., you know, it's, it's our, you know, is what we are providing, is it relevance for this, is it relevant for this person who is searching for information? And that relevance score, by all accounts of what I'm seeing on our Google gas dashboards is yes. The problem is the volume of search is so low because we are in a bear market. And that's why, you know, this is kind of a, a long-term thing, right? We can't, we can't do anything about volume. Like we still think, you know, the fundamental belief is NFTs are still a transformative primitive. They really are. They're not going away. They're not dead. Like you, it's, you can't kill them. Um, and it's ironic because usually in these bear markets, you get Bitcoin is dead. Um, you know, you look at the Bitcoin obituaries. Um, you get Bitcoin is dead. <laughs> like this time, there's actually no Bitcoin is dead. There's not even an Ethereum is dead. But it's like uh, you know, they need kind of a fresh core, you know, to poke at. And NFTs are perfect, right? Um, so you know, NFTs are dead long live nfts <laughs> gotta love those headlines rolling stone started it hot just a few weeks ago or a week ago eh yeah no i mean i love it it's you know it, it it's you know been in this space long enough like you have to laugh at it and just head town and just keep keep plugging away i mean you've been in since 2012 i mean you've lived through multiple uh, crypto bitcoins are dead uh, headlines and uh it, there was just i did a webinar recently and i pulled some articles that uh, claim that uh, just older articles, uh, the radio's dead, television's not going to make it, airplanes are a fad. So it's <laughs> it's funny, kind of what the mainstream media, I was almost surprised some of the articles I found. So I was like, I guess these NFTs are dead um, headlines aren't as scary as, uh, you know, when it first w- was released, when you read some of those older archives. Nah, and it, look, it's, and it, it, like I said, the reality is a lot of NFT collections are dead. That's fine. But that's not the same thing. And conflating yeah. the two is the biggest misconception that everyone mm. makes. They are two distinct things. So, um, but 
you know, and it takes time for, you know, that to turn around. Um, and it will, but it's going to be driven by, you know, proper commercially minded projects who set a new bar that the next kind of wave of entrants need to cut, you know, need to cross to even have any kind of hope of competing. So, you know, and that's what, you know, there's a handful of projects out there now that are setting a new bar. It's a new minimum threshold for this market. There was no minimum threshold for the last bull market. There is going to be for the next one. Um, and it's better for everyone. So, yeah, that's the way to look at it. So kind of wrap it up. What's the best way for our audience to, you know, get more information about the platform and just, you know, yourself in particular? Uh, I mean, just you don't want anything about me, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> So no, I give you a layup uh, there. That was a lob ball. That was to, that was no, to no. pitch yourself a little bit. I know, I know, but you know, I, you know, I'm kind of British boarding school educated. You know, we, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not true. We don't have the kind of the uh, enthusiastic confidence, self confidence that the Americans have. Um, but no, for digitally, we're digitally for all. Um, on Twitter, you can be one of the you know eight people who follow us. Um, <laughs> Or uh, I'm at uh, Tama Church House um, on Twitter as well. And obviously, digitally.xyz is a website. But um, yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're always, you know, beyond that as well. Like, we're an incubator, right? So we work with super early stage, smart founders who have great ideas. Um, you know, we've got a full team um, here to help build. Um, and that's kind of what, what we do. So, um, you know, we don't work with money. We're hugely selective. Um, you know, we're not a spray and pray incubator. Um, we take, you know, a small number of very high conviction bets. Um, and so, you know, for the right founder, right founding teams who are super early on, um, you know, and, you know, want to buckle down, build something with us, um, and with Cumberland and DRW, then, you know, hit me up, Cumberland Labs. Um, yeah, you could find me. Yeah. I, and we'll share all those links for everyone below so they can find you. Just, I don't, I don't know. I, it's exciting. It's like the Wikipedia of NFTs and love to kind of see the open source um, style that you're building in and, and just how you're making just informor- information more accessible um, to people that desire to find it. So really appreciate you joining us today, Tama. It's, uh, and we'd love to have you back on as, as your um, platform grows and Cumberland Labs grows. I know you're going to be in the space. I mean, you've been here since 2012. So we know you're not going anywhere. So we would love to have you back on and just hear more about developments and uh, educate our users. No, look, guys, it's been a real pleasure. And um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know, I listened to the last podcast actually with Inda um which is great so i um yeah i appreciate what you guys do you guys put a great show together uh, it's really valuable um and you know it's you know at least gives you know folks like me um and other builders in the space you know some kind of way to i guess put our side forward against the kind of the, the, that mainstream narrative so you know appreciate what you guys do and and what you do is really valuable so yeah big thank you uh, you know, from my side. We appreciate that. Thank you again for joining us. All right. Thanks guys. Take it easy. Thank you. Thank you.